0: Tour,
1: tour, 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 tour junkies what's going on golf addicts it's the tour junkies it's the u.s open it's tory pines i am pumped your host db here i got pat perry my boy with me we showed up to this podcast we jumped on the uh on the software here to start recording and we were wearing the same shirt the same throwback Tour Junkies relic, fully sublimated Ryder Cup 2016 Golby American flag shirt. This thing, this thing turned a lot of heads back in 2016 at Team Pat, we both look wonderful in it. It's our, it's our country's national open, and we're pumped. We're excited to get down and dirty with you, covering all the DraftKings goodness. As always, we are presented by none other then FantasyNational.com. It is the one-stop shop for all your stats. If you're betting on golf, if you're, if you're betting outrights, if you're betting top 20s, if you're doing head-to-heads or three balls, if you're playing Daily Fantasy on DraftKings, on FanDuel, on anywhere, if you're playing in a pool with your buddies, if you're playing one and done, literally every possible format that you could be playing involving the PGA Tour and now also the Corn Fairy Tour, you can get all the data you need, all the tools you need, right there on FantasyNational.com. If you go to FantasyNational.com slash TJ, you're going to save 20% off every uh, membership that you that you sign up for. You can get a weekly membership. With our, with our promo, you get $8, 8 bucks a week. You can get a monthly for $24 a month. Or you can get an annual membership to cover the whole season, 50-something events, 40-something events, for $200 a year on FantasyNational.com slash TJ. We've been using them three or four or five years now. Actually, it's like four or five years trust them all the data is backed and licensed by the pga tour themselves so you know it's good check out fantasynational.com slash tj pat i am really happy about tonight i'm excited about the show it's a saturday night it's kind of uh it's weird for us um I'm it gonna, is weird i'm gonna be drinking a little heavier uh tonight so I'm well gonna... it's saturday night i mean why wouldn't you yeah i mean you know monday
2: nights are kind of tough you know we we got uh you got real job stuff the next day, yeah. but tonight, you know, we can just kind of let it go and do what we want well, what are you and have a good,
1: on? have a good time. I am drinking a little wild leap brew. Wild leap. Oh, nice. Like that. Mm. Uh, I, I love wild leap, but I'm not going wild leap tonight. I've got my, uh, my, actually my tour junkies glass here that my boy, Bill Brower sent Ooh, us and I am going to glass. finish this bottle of Casamigos tonight, more than likely. But, you know, I, we got the bedding show. This is going to be a, an hour-plus-long show, probably. Then we have the bedding show after this. We've got TJ after dark after that. It's going to be a long evening. So I'm just going to start it with just straight up, just some straight up casa.
2: Straight yeah, up casa you. with a little, a little lime. A
1: splash, little splash of lime in there. Yeah, and then after, I'm probably going to transition to maybe some, uh, some uh, you know, so put some soda in there, you know, stretch it out a little bit. Uh, but I am yeah. excited about it, and we've got a special guest joining us here shortly. Mr. Paul Tasori. He is a PJ Tour caddy, caddies for Webb Simpson. Paul has been a caddy for 20 plus years on the PJ Tour, also played on the PJ Tour himself, quite familiar with Tory Pines. He's going to come on and talk to us a little bit about that in just a little bit. Um, we've got some, a couple awesome giveaways. I want to go ahead and get that out of the way. So if you skip, you know, don't, don't skip, okay? Because we're going to give away some cool stuff here. And it's basically it, it, part of it's going to revolve around the Nut Hut. But I want to give a quick Nut Hut update because a lot of people are not in the Nut Hut and they don't know about the Listener League and they don't know about the, the great chance they have to win an all expense paid trip to Augusta or Savannah and have a couple of rounds of golf, some food, some drinks with me and Pat. If you, if you win the Nut Hut Listener League for the year, that's going to be you and TJ is going to take care of it. It's a great opportunity. So, how do you do that? Well, you got to join the Nut Hut. You can join monthly for ten dollars a month. You can join annually for ninety dollars a year, and you just go to tourjunkies.com. Click on Golby's Nut Hut. You can sign up right there. It's our private uh, Discord server where we talk about all kinds of stuff, mainly golf, mainly betting on golf, DFS golf. It's a great community we've built over there, four hundred plus members now and growing in the Nut Hut. Uh, it's where we share inside info that we get from caddies, from players, from coaches from on site like pat was just this past week of the pound i'm not even going to say the name of the golf tournament the golf tournament is dead to me that was the worst i'm done don't even want to say it pat was on site beautiful place hey don't blame any of my info okay just was it was just the way it (sighs) was okay yeah anyway if you join the nut hut you get in there on the on the left hand side of the discord channel is uh is the listener league and you can join the listener league it's a free DraftKings contest okay and it's invite only to nut hut members if you win a weekly contest which we run every single week there's a tournament if you win a weekly contest you get one entry into the nut hut finals okay we also have this broken down into segments four segments if you win a segment even if you don't win a week you also get an invite uh, into the finals we have let me let me give you some stats so far so far there are 32 entries in the Nut Hut Finals. So right now, there are only 32 entries that, are, that, that you, you would be competing against to win an all-expenses-paid trip to come hang out with us. Six Nut Hutters have two finals entries, and segment four starts this week. It's the final segment, and it runs through the Wyndham, 10 events. So you, this is a great time to jump in because the segment starts over. You're not behind in terms of possibly winning a segment. So you got that. You could win a trip. But here's what we're going to do this week. We're going to give away a couple things. The first giveaway: If you finish second in this week's Nut Hut Listener League contest, not first, because first you get an entry into the finals. So that good on you. But if you're the bubble boy and you're like you finish second, you're like, oh god, we are going to send you a pretty nice TJ merch bundle, okay? Uh, and I'm mm, talking some guess. some good stuff: uh, a hat, a towel, a head cover which those are pretty hot commodities. That thing's like 55 bucks on our website. They're the Wait, sl- don't
2: go too fast here. I'm writing this down because let me just tell you, the mm. master's contest, I, I had, it was, I don't want to say a disaster, but they were, part of it was a disaster.
1: So just like go slow and I'll yeah. write this stuff down so I know what I'm getting in. Hat, towel, head cover. Okay. Coasters. One of these awesome coasters. Get me with some acorn tears, Pat. Um, you can get uh stickers. A ball marker, and I have news. This is also going to be thrown in. Also, I'm going to take over here, Producer Sam, a Siwoo Kim t-shirt because we've just reordered. We have sold out of the Siwoo Kim t-shirts, and now we've just reordered so they can go back on sale. So you could get one of those fresh Siwoo Kim t-shirts as well. Um, Yeah, thank you to everybody who's already ordered one of those. Uh Pat's got a lot of shipping he's gonna be doing in the next couple years Yeah, of weeks. they're gonna be
2: going out, by the way. I know everybody's been been messaging me, sending carrier pigeons my way, trying to figure out when the Siwoo Kim jersey is or shirt is gonna go out. It is gonna go out this
1: week, meaning Oof. starting tomorrow. It's gonna flow out throughout the week. You got okay. a lot of orders to fill. Uh yeah. that that was the fastest selling out item we've ever had. It was ever. it was amazing. Um so we reordered them, they're on the way. Um, so if you missed it, when we reorder and we post it, you better jump on it because it could sell out again. All right. That's the first contest this week. Okay. Get in the nut hut, get in the listener league. If you finish second, you get the bundle. If you finish first, you got an entry into the finals. Second contest that we're running, you could win a chance. You could win Pat's tailor-made driver that he, that he doesn't hit anymore. So it's used. Okay. This is like play it against sports. Uh, sorry about your life, but it is. And and some other merch, okay. Not a full on merch bundle, but we'll we'll throw in some merch as well. Uh, it's a nice driver. You know what? Actually, the sweet spot is very clean on it. Uh, really, if a lot of toe marks and maybe uh, well, maybe just those. So sweet spots. Sweet spot's pretty clean. Win Pat's driver. Here's what you got to do to win: just go leave us an Apple Podcast review. That's all you have to do. Apple Podcasts or iTunes review, if you still say that. Um, and it's got to be a written review. Five star written review. And in the review, give us your Twitter or your Instagram handle so we can find you, so we can DM you. If you don't do that, we don't know who you are. We'll draw one at random. You can win the driver and the merch. Two great contests for the US Open. Get involved, get in the Nut Hut, have some fun with us. We'll be in the Nut Hut chat room on Wednesday night live. Uh, me and Pat for sure. Hopefully, Chalk Bomb Ben has internet by then. Our boy AC. We'll have a great time chatting it up and uh, and just final thoughts and questions bouncing off of us while we all sit and have a drink on Wednesday night, probably around eight thirty nine p.m. Eastern is when we start, and we usually go to like eleven or midnight. So it's always a good time in the Nut Hut chat. Thanks to everybody who gets in there on the reg and uh, and supports the, the the Nut Hut. It's it's always fun stuff. All right, that's all. That's all that Pat. I'm ready to move on.
2: Should what? we? Should 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 I add to the second place winner
1: mm-hmm.
2: a Masters 2020 shirt? We got a few extra ones. Of sure, those.
1: if you're feeling generous, yeah, yeah. I'll add, as
2: long as you're a large or an extra large, I'll throw that into the package if you finish second.
1: That's that's very nice. Yeah, the, a master's twenty twenty shirt. So just the weird year T-shirt. That's that's uh, that's good stuff. Uh, also, <clears throat> excuse me if you've not uh, if you've not already and you're watching on YouTube, please comment. Okay comment. We need you. You can make a difference. We need comments. Just comment something. You can comment for the algorithm. You can comment what you think of our stupid shirts. You can uh, comment your pick to win the U.S. Open. You can, um, I don't know, you can suck up to one of the contests. Whatever you want to do, leave us a comment. All right, Pat, let's talk about Tory Pines. Um, I want to get into the golf course. I want to talk about some things. Obviously, we're going to have Paul Tasori here join us in just a, a little bit. Uh, but let's get out ahead of that a little bit and and talk about Tory Pines.
2: Yes, so you know everybody knows Tory Pines. We see it every year in the Farmers Insurance. Uh, so it's not a course that is unfamiliar to us, um, but it is a little bit unfamiliar when you think about it as a U.S. Open course and a U.S. Open setup. As a matter of fact, it's only held one major, I think that was the two, Well, I know it was the two thousand eight U.S. Open, which uh, Tiger won on one leg, basically um but anyway it is the south course this week it is a par 71 it is playing almost 7650 yards you've got 156 players in the field this week low 60 and ties will make the cut so that's something a little different uh low 60 and ties make the cut you got uh, bermuda fairways that are overseeded with rye you have Kakuya rough this week. Kikuya Rough, which has actually got some overseed in it with rye as well. And it is thick AF. Let me just tell you that. We are already seeing on social media, I think Xander Shoffley posted something uh earlier this week, um, just showing how thick this rough is. And that is not unexpected. That is what they do for U.S. opens. They tighten up the fairways and they thicken the rough. Okay, that is just uh that's a pretty standard protocol for U.S. opens. You got pretty small greens this week as well as far as, uh, you know, compared to average greens on tour. You got typical West Coast Poana greens, so we might get those bouncy-looking Poana greens, but I think they're going to have them pretty in great shape this week. Um, yeah. You did have a few renovations by Reese Jones in 2019, uh, kind of preparing this course for the U.S. Open. Nothing really that major as far as the design of the course. They did shift some tees and move some bunkers around and things like that just to give it a little bit more teeth. Um, so it puts some bunkers into play when they weren't before. Um, so that's that's something we're going to look at. You look at the par fours here. I mean, seven of them play 450 plus yards. So a lot of long irons into these greens if you're not very long off the tee. Um, all the par fives are over 560 yards. I think it's going to be def It's going to be imperative you hit the fairways this week. I mean, it always is in U.S. Opens. Um,
1: you yeah, know, in I mean, order to Bryson didn't hit a ton of fairways last year.
2: Well, Bryson didn't. You're right. Yeah. But I think this rough is going to be a little bit more gnarly than he Wayne had. That float last year.
1: was pretty gnarly. It was pretty yeah, gnarly.
2: Yeah, but when you're hitting a wedge out of it, yeah, it's... it's not quite as gnarly. And that Kikuya is something they're not as used to either. It's not like Kikuya you know, prevalent on tour. They don't always play in Kikuya. So I think that, that could make things interesting. Uh, but I do think you're going to have to be very precise with your iron play, especially your longer irons into these longer par fours. Uh, for me the stats that i'm looking at i'm going to look at course history some probably lighter than normal just because you don't always see this course as a u.s open um setup i'm going to look at form strokes gained approach i am going to look at driving accuracy and ball striking long-term stats on poanna greens uh i did I, you know u.s opens always bring out bogey avoidance to me just the guys that aren't you know you know, making a lot of bogeys or more on, on holes in general over the last, um, you know, 50, 100 rounds or whatever, even shorter, 24 rounds. Um, and certainly going to look at distance. I mean, it, you know, any course, I do want to see the guys that maybe have some distance and uh, some accuracy in there. You're looking at the past champions here. We had Bryson, as you mentioned, in 2020. Gary Woodland in 2019. Brooks, Kepka two years in a row in 2017 and 2018, and then DJ in 2016 with speeth in 2015. Um, so there you go. That is my quick course breakdown before we get Paul Tasori in here. I know, DB, you've got a few thoughts and maybe some trends that you've looked at uh, for the course this week.
1: Yeah, before we do that, I see our boy Joe Kepps in, uh, in, ch- in the chat is already asking about the, the, the damn hoodie. And I think, Pat, you have the hoodie next to you. It's really just a matter of getting it in the shop. I, I need to just get it in the shop. But it is a sweet golf hoodie. Uh, it is literally, it's made by a golf brand, um, golf company.
2: There's the, there's the hoodie part.
1: Yep, so no drawstrings, perfect for playing golf. Uh, nice little Golby patch there. Pat acts like he's never held a shirt before in his life. He's struggling. Okay. It's all black, athletic material, lightweight. It's beautiful. It's beautiful, man. Uh, by Levelware. Canadian brand. Canadian golf brand there. So there you go, Joe. I'll just, God, I just got to get in the shot. My bad. Um, okay. A couple things. I think that, so you mentioned course history. You're talking farmer's insurance, right? Yes. Okay. Um, I think I'm just going to completely leave that out. And, and, you know, I mean, you, we're both course history believers. You're, you're definitely a little more of a diehard course history guy than me. But
2: Well, I made the point that I was going to use it a little bit yeah. lighter this week because I just don't yeah. think it's, it's, that, it's necessarily that comparable, but still the guys that have played good. If I'm, like, looking at two guys and one has really good course history and he checks all the other boxes for me, then I'm, then I'm probably going to go with that guy. But it's not a major factor
1: yeah oh bless you i think that would be the last i mean that, i would pretty i would have a lot of other tiebreakers but yeah i just think this place it's going to play so much different i mean um bryson's quoted as saying it xander's quoted as saying it a bunch of guys quoted as saying in the last couple months when asked about tory how it's going to play and the cons- the i mean the overwhelming consensus is it's going to play very different than what we see the farmers pat already talked about tightening up the fairways growing up the rough a lot firmer a lot faster in june than it is in january february when they play the the farmers um so i just think it is going to be so completely different you got to remember the pga tour sets it up for the farmers the usga sets it up for the us open um and the pga tour loves birdies they just do they love birdies so they're going to set it up easier it's just going to be a different course i mean you know maybe you could look at the putting there on that on those poa surfaces but i'm sure even those are a little different that time of year um but it's just not something i'm gonna i'm gonna have a lot of I did find it pretty interesting in the trends that I was looking at. I'm not going to pull that up yet, but uh, a lot of the top 10 here, when you go back and look at 2008, because I was like, let me, let me look at 2008, a lot of the top 10 here had pretty horrible Torrey Pines course history prior to 2008. If you look at the top 10, almost none of them had any decent finishes at Torrey Pines for the farmers previous to finishing top 10 at the 08 Open. So I just don't think. It needs. It, I just don't think it's going to be something worth wasting your time on. Um, honestly, uh, let's uh, you know. I think l- let's look at these trends. Let me let me pull up these trends here, Sam. I, I want I want people to see them. Okay, here's the trends. Um, so if you take a look at these these bad boys, these are U.S. Open trends of the last ten U.S. Opens. Uh, nine of them are in the top twenty five in the world golf ranking. Find that interesting. Eight have played in at least three U.S. Opens prior, and all had at least one top twenty-five or better in a U.S. Open. Um, so it's not good enough to just play in the in in three U.S. Opens prior, but you you need to have a decent finish at one. Eight of them had a top a tie twelfth or better in one of their previous three starts leading up to the tournament. So a regular start. Now uh, eight of them had a t twelve or better. So coming in. Having flashed some form, having at least one decent finish in their previous three events, seven first-time major winners when you go back to the last ten. Uh, obviously, Brooks kind of buck- bucked that trend a little bit. Um, so, seven first-time major winners. Thought that was also interesting because I got some huh. names here that, that I, I'm going to give you that would be, this would be their first-time major for sure. And nine had a PGA Tour victory in their career on U.S. soil. So those are some trends coming into it um, that that I think are, are worth are worth taking note of. Now, um, obviously, when you get to a week like this too in DFS circles, you've got um, you know you've got like the whole game theory thing. Contest selection is crucial. So it's just your your this is just your your uh, four times a year reminder that, you know, pick your games wisely, you know, t- pay attention to the rake, right? There's a couple of different ways you can win a million dollars on DraftKings. The rake is garbage on all of them, but you can do it. Um, you know, get in, some, get in some listener leagues where they're rake-free, they're low rake, like, like the PME, Pat Mayo's league. Uh, that's a great contest to be in. Try the single entries, the, tr- the three max entries. Don't play 150 uh, max lineup contest if you can't max it out. Um, unless you, you know, you want to throw a few in the Millie maker just because you can't, you can't help yourself. Um, but just pay attention to that. Uh, and, and, you know, ownership matters as always. We talk about that, right? Ownership's going to matter. You don't have to, uh, you don't have to fade all the chalk. You can play some chalk. You just got to be aware of what, what else is going on in your lineup. So you got to pay a lot of attention to ownership projections. We are recording the show on Saturday night, a lot earlier than we normally do. We normally record on Monday nights. You know, I have no idea what ownership is going to look like. I mean I, I mean, I have a guess, but we're not, we don't listen to anybody. We don't watch anybody prior to recording the show. So I don't know who's getting talked up already other than following along on Twitter. But even not a lot of people are talking up guys on Twitter just yet. So, um, you know, pay attention to ownership, but you've got such a strong field. Ownership's going to be pretty spread out, I think, outside of maybe your top three or four or five high-owned guys. Um, and pay attention to weather. Weather waves—that's a big deal. Leave money on the table in big tournaments so that you avoid duplicate lineups. You can also, uh, you know, you can also gain an edge by, you know, playing guys that are uh, overpriced. Everybody's yelling at you know they're overpriced, they're overvalued. Play those guys if if you got a feeling on it. You can overpay. It's okay to sometimes overpay. I might have a few of those in here myself. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't love doing it. I don't love doing it, but it's something that I am willing to do in DFS. Um, you know, player pool is a big is a big thing as well. We can we talk about that all the time in the Nut Hut. Just having a disciplined player pool, how many guys you choose to play each week and have exposure to. Um, but this is you know this is a one of those majors where the you just saw the trends right. Like the cream tends to rise to the top, so the U.S. Open tends to be like that. The the PGA used to be like that one major a year where you could have some rando win it. Which I mean, Phil Mickelson winning it was pretty crazy, but. Uh-huh. Yeah, but Kiowa played tough, right? Like Kiowa played like a U.S. Open. So I, I think looking back at Kiowa and, and seeing you know who did well there just not even a month ago is interesting. Something I, I definitely paid attention to. Um, but this is a tough track, and you need you need those grinders, right? Uh, you talked about some of your key stats, Pat. Uh, you mentioned bogey avoidance. I definitely pulled in bogey avoidance here. Um, strokes gained off the tee, strokes gained around the green, strokes gained approach. Those are your your big ones. I looked at good drives gained on Fantasy National. Um, I, I do think that Bryson showed that if you're long enough, you can miss fairways, right? Um, if you're long enough, you can miss them. And if you're, if you're long enough, you, know, you can wedge out of there and, and get the club through uh, even these kind of gnarly, gnarly fairways. Um, so I, I'm looking at that. Bogey avoidance for sure. Uh, recent form, obviously. Anything else that you're that you're thinking or anything that I say that, that kind of brought up brought anything to your mind? I mean, I, I think, you know, you make a lot of good points. I don't know if
2: I'm just gonna go all in on the Bryson's style of playing last year in the US open and, and letting that be my, you know, my narrative um for this year. I, I think it I think it it was a different course at Wingfoot than we're gonna see here. Um you know, I think the rough is going to be a little bit more difficult. I mean, I would think that the USGA, and and tell me if you think I'm wrong, saw what Bryson did out of the rough last year by bombing and gouging that golf course and would probably try to protect this course a little more from people being able to do that. Um, we'll see. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe that's a good question for Paul. You know, I don't know. Um but yeah. I just don't know if Bryson's style of winning this court or winning this tournament is just going to be something, a trend that we see going forward.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could kind of <laughs> see, I could kind of see that. I, I don't think though grow. I mean, growing, I think most players would tell you if they make it thicker than they did last year, that actually continues to play into the hands of Bryson. So I think cutting it down is, is what starts to level the playing field again, because even the shorter guys can, can get through it. And, well, yeah they 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 don't have as they don't have wedges, but they may have an eight iron. They can still get you know get the club through the well. Crowd. It
2: levels the playing field, but it also lowers the scores. And I don't think they want scores being lower. If you look yeah. at the U.S. Open last year, everybody else was fairly close together, other than Bryson. Everybody else was was right there. You know, within a few shots of each other um you know obviously matthew wolf was up there and he did the same thing kind of that bryson did you know just bombed it all over the place but um other than you know you take out bryson and that and that you know that tournament was was more bunched together um so i don't know we'll we'll see i, I think the usga certainly took note though with what happened in that on that course
1: well you know all, all the social media videos and all the stuff coming out on um on all the media outlets is going to start rolling in and we're going to, we're going to know what the setup's going to be, right? It's not going to be a secret. Well, and we tend to overreact to that
2: stuff. Don't you think? Yeah. We overreact. I mean, you look at Aaron, Aaron Hills, Aaron Hills played very easy yet still leading up to that tournament because the rough was so high, even though the fairways were wide as shit. The rough was so high. When you missed the fairways, there were people like, you know, doing all these videos and stuff from the rough and everybody was like, Oh my gosh. And then they just like beat the crap out of that golf course. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. I like to see these videos and these, you know, the social media stuff, but I wouldn't overreact to it.
1: One of, the, uh, one of the things I think we do in the Nut Hut that may be undervalued or maybe some don't notice is every week we go into the media center and, and read through every single transcript of every interview that's done in the media center. Yeah. And we more start- fun when I'm at- on the grounds. It is more, more fun, fun than- when you're on the grounds. Yes, um come back to that in a second. And and we screenshot key things that we feel like guys say um and we put it in the Caddy info channel on the Nut Hut. So that's something we'll be definitely be doing this week. Uh, you know, all these guys are going to be asked about it. They're all going to have takes on it. By Wednesday, we're going to know kind of how this thing's looking. So uh and yes, Pat, if you guys missed it, Pat was incredible in the media center. I don't want to over I don't want to I don't want to look past that. I mean, it was so good. I challenged you last week to sack up, you know, I I told you to sack up and I told you I wanted you to bring it and I wanted you to ask some hard hitting questions and you did, you delivered. I give you full props, man. It was fantastic. We had a couple viral tweets out of it. You asked Brooks about, um, about Dave Portnoy and that, that, that match. You asked Kisner about the Bryson Brooks feud. It's been quoted all over the place. It blew up on Twitter. I think, the, I think the Brooks video with Portnoy has like 700,000 views on Twitter. And shockingly has not been taken down. So um, props to you, man. Props to you. Was that hey, fun? well, uh, you
2: know, uh, I have to admit, there was uh, some great questions that we got from uh, you and also some Nut Hut listeners that added into some of that. And you know what? Mike Fusco, do that. In. I think that, uh, yeah, Mike, by the way, great, great job with the uh, – with the bar stool, with the Dave Fortnoy question, and um, you know, maybe you found something, uh, you know, a little something you can do with me. I don't know. You challenged me. You told me to sack up, and I was like, "All right, well, I cannot let." I mean, you just you broadcasted it within the Nut Hut, yeah. within all our listeners. Yeah, and I was like, "Well,
1: I cannot let these people down." So, yeah, I mean, the peer pressure for sh- that tactic for sure worked. I mean, it could have gone another way. You could have just been like, "You know what? I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna succumb to DB's tactics and just." you know, not, not be a, you know, a real G in there in the, in the, uh, in the media center, but you did your thing. Oh yeah. The other thing was your, when you, when Kisner was in the media center and they said, all right, we have a question from uh, Pat Perry with tour junkies and Kis just lit up. I've never <laughs> seen a grown man smile and grin with this, this look on his face like Kisner did. It, it was, you know, he loves him some P he loves him some P Perry. And that was very evident. So uh, i was uh, yeah. i was excited about it um it a good real quick you, you know i've been trying to eat right man i've been trying to eat better and i have been and, and you need to as well i'm not gonna lie uh, and and one of the things that's helping me out and i know it's starting to help you out is hello fresh they, they cut out all the stressful meal planning i don't have to do the meal prep stuff i did that for a minute but it's so exhausting and then you don't end up doing it and then you just still end up going through the chick-fil-a drive through. but they cut that out and the grocery trip stuff Everything you need to make the awesome meal is right there. It's delicious. My favorite is the bulgogi meatballs meal that I had just a couple days ago. Uh, And you get better value with HelloFresh. 28% cheaper than shopping at your local grocery store. 72% cheaper than a restaurant meal. 72%. That's bananas. That's a lot of percentages. That's many percents. HelloFresh offers the flexibility you need to customize your order uh, on the app as well. So, uh, yeah, I, I love it. It's worked out perfect for me. Um, big, big fan of HelloFresh for show. Sure. The wife loves it too. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash tourjunkies12 and use code tourjunkies12 to get 12 free meals, including free shipping. I mean, that's amazing. We're feeding you. Us and HelloFresh are feeding you 12 times just for good going on there and doing too. that. Great. And food. we're not just feeding you a bunch of crap. It's, it's good stuff. It's amazing stuff. HelloFresh is all pre measured ingredients, mouth watering recipes, seasonal stuff. It's so good. Uh, it's America's number one meal kit for sure. So go to hellofresh.com/tourjunkies12 and use code tourjunkies12 for twelve free meals, including free shipping. Get that hellofresh hellofresh hitter. All right, uh, our one of our guys, one of our buddies. Um, he is a he is. This is not his first time on the Tour Junkies podcast, but it has been a while since we've had him on, and I, I hate to say that, but uh, I think Paul was was he our first caddy? I think he was. I think he yeah. might have been. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's celebrating. Let's let's bring Paul Tassori in, caddy for Webb Simpson, former PJ Tour player, and been on tour now looping for, what, 20 years, Paul?
0: Yeah, that's right. 21st year. Uh, wow. This year. It goes by fast. I love that introduction. Thanks for that.
1: Dude, a baby that was born when you started caddying is now sipping alcohol. You know what I mean? Isn't that amazing? <laughs> that, yeah, that's... that newborn
0: let's move on to a different conversation <laughs>
1: that, that newborn when you started was on the teat and now you know he's drinking man, you guys co-
0: are just killing me
1: casamigos man that's what he's doing um paul thank you for joining us man we really appreciate it and yeah i'm pretty sure you are our very first caddy interview
0: that's pretty fun
1: and i you think you guys ma-
0: have uh, definitely stepped up quite a bit since then <laughs>
1: Maybe even our second. I don't know. Uh, maybe our first and our second. All right, Paul. Um, we don't want to keep you too long, man. I know. Uh, I know you got you got some stuff to do. You got to fly out tonight. You find a Tory tonight. I'm fly, flying out early tomorrow morning.
0: Actually, okay. Uh, I was supposed to fly out tonight, and I don't want to leave the family, so I changed it to tomorrow morning.
1: Good stuff, man. Hey, I can okay. appreciate that for sure. Yeah. Um, I guess let's just start off by talking about the golf course. I mean, obviously we see Tory Pines at the Farmers, but everybody, all the players, everybody's already said, like, this thing's not going to play the same as it typically does uh, for the Farmers Insurance Open. Do you think the USGA is going to do anything different other than grow up the rough and make it you know firmer and faster? Is there anything else you think they're going to do?
0: I don't think so. I know there's been some rumors, and we won't really know until, I guess there's probably quite a few players already on site, but I won't see it until tomorrow afternoon. But there's been some talk after Wingfoot about as the rough progresses down the hole, making it a little bit higher. So, you know, if you laid back, let's say with a three-wood off the tee and hit it in the rough, you'd be able to probably chase it on the green. But if you do hit driver and try to take it on, that rough would be thicker than mm. back. And to be honest with you, I think it's a, it's a really good idea. Obviously, a shorter shot into the green probably should have higher rough. And what they've seen is that wing foot was so tight, it really only went to one style of golfer, which was, you know, a bomber. Um, because no one could hit fairways. You could hit a beautiful, tight draw down the left side of a double left, and it would still run through. And so what they've seen is, okay, how can we even this out the most and, and make sure? And, and so we'll see. Um, you know, Jason Gore, since he's taken over, has done an incredible job. So I can't wait to see what he did, and uh, I know it'll be fair for sure
2: so you know we were actually just talking about yeah. this before you came on cool. um we were talking about the you know bryson last year what he did at Wingfoot, foot and you know he was still able despite the fact that the rough was was tall and thick and whatever else he was still able to just bomb and gouge that course and i said you know i don't know if i would put too much into you know this year what he did last year meaning i think they're going to protect a little more off of uh, what he did last year and, and you're kind of from what you're saying it sounds like they are by growing yeah. up that rough closer
0: I, I i agree and and then the golf course too there's not as many dog legs around torrey pines where if you look at wingfoot every hole's working one way or the other and with the fairways firm you just can't hold the fairways even if you're turning them into the dog leg or into the slope of the fairway where um san diego she's just a beast she's long she's right in front of you um, And if you look at, like, you know, past results there, the one thing that seems to really jump off the page, it's not great drivers in the ball, it's great wedge players and chippers and putters. Uh, You know, uh, Brant Snedeker has always had a lot of success there. Obviously, Tiger and Phil, great wedge players. But you look at J.B. Holmes, um, a guy that really doesn't drive it that straight, but again, a really good wedge player, chipper, putter. Um, In the last U.S. Open there, the leaderboard was filled with all kind of a variety of uh, different players. Rocco, who obviously didn't hit it very far. but fantastic wedge player. I know he Slocum was in the top 10. I think Snedz was a top 10. I think Troy Merrick might've been even in the top 10. Uh, And so as you start walking through that, maybe even Miguel and help, Um, as you start walking through that, you see a big variety. And I think that's what we all want. Now I talk from we because I worked for one of the shorter (laughs) hitters on tour. Um, But like what you want is a tournament that really kind of shares everything. And I think we saw that a little bit in, you know, South Carolina at Kiowa. It's a golf course yeah. that's very long, but again, right in front of you, not a whole lot of moving. So you saw a little bit of a difference in the leaderboard as far as guys that are longer, shorter, but the guys with short game, great wedge play, really kind of tend to uh, show up to the top.
1: Were you there in 08, caddying for somebody?
0: Um, I was. I was with, oh my gosh, I think Deej in 08.
1: Oh yeah, VJ. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Um, so in terms of the, you talked about around the green play, in terms of these greens, like, what do, you, what do you know or, like, what are you going to be on the lookout for once you get there? I mean, because, you, like, you and Webb don't play the farmers a lot. You don't play Tory No,
0: we don't. Yeah. I went through. I have a, uh, a really nice, um, like, fireproof safe of all my yardage books that I've got all the way back from 2000 when I first started. Wow. And I went through and I found my Tory Pines book, and I, I just threw it in the trash. I'm like, well, this isn't going to be good anymore. The course is longer. It's been moved and reshaped a little bit. The greens won't be the same. So I'm going to kind of treat it like a rookie this year, to be honest with you. Weber and I had never, well, we played there our first year together, 2011, missed the cut, um, and we haven't been back in 10 years. So uh, I'm going to treat it like a rookie. I'm going to do a lot more coursework than I normally do. Greens, I won't really spend too much time. For me, it's all going to be the missed spots. You know, if you're playing the par five, number nine, it's the right rough a little shorter than the left rough. Um, really pay attention to around the greens if there's a better missed spot here or there. Uh, typically at a place like Torrey, especially like the ninth hole that we just talked about with being such a long par five, missing the left rough there is much more difficult than the right rough, typically just because the fairway slopes a little left or right. So just kind of changing lines, the layup on 13, uh, they do play 14 drivable to one day, like they did in eight. So all those little kind of things I'll be trying to pay a lot of attention to.
1: Um, so why hasn't Webb? play the farmers like is it one of those things where he just doesn't love the course or is it just the timing it's It's just long it's
0: really really long it's in what the end of january yeah um it's colder there's no run in the fairways at all and it's just too much golf course but we feel like for us when we're picking our schedule that is one of the last places we would pick as far as a place to go compete now the u.s opens very different Um, we expect the fairways to be firm running it's going to be about eight to 10 degrees warmer, which is a big deal for a guy with slower swing speed to be able to compress the golf ball. So, um, I think it's a really good spot for us in the U S open, but yeah, in late January, early February, it's, it's a little too much for us.
1: Another thing I was going to ask about Webb is like, he doesn't, he hasn't really played a lot in 2021. Um, and like, I guess the question would be like, what's the, what's the reason for that? And then how does he prepare for a major, um, when he when the last time he played was you know three and a half weeks ago and he played well <laughs> yeah,
0: what a great question there's a lot of levels to that let's start with the big one which is weber's got five kids <laughs> 10 and under
1: <laughs> yeah, um, Guga, yeah gosh. he set out
0: about <laughs> two years ago to start playing one less one less one less i think we're on track for or 19 this year maybe even 18 next year but this season's gotten disrupted a little bit obviously a lot like last season this one's different in why the disruption has occurred but Weber pulled his neck out playing in his home golf tournament on a Wednesday morning. Uh, actually, happened late Tuesday afternoon. withdrew from the pro am Wednesday morning. Tried to warm up on Thursday morning. Couldn't play. That affected him all the way to the PGA. He almost withdrew on Sunday at the PGA as it was still, um, you know, really not there yet. Still pulling at him. Then he got healthy, and then he got the flu uh, this past week. Uh, so that floored him completely. Floored him for five days. So. Um, he called, uh, we've done some good video work over uh, you know Skype, Zoom and all that other really good stuff, and then he flew in Pat Goss, a short game guy um, on Friday to really work out of the thick rough, so he feels prepared. So uh, the good news about that is I think he's going to feel a little nervous. I think he's going to feel a little bit anxious, and so there's going to be a lot of like good energy, which helps, to be honest with you, on a really hard golf course where you're going to need every bit of kind of, um, let's say, kid-like mentality, so you don't get too wrapped up in how difficult the place can be. Typically, uh, a week before a major web never plays, Um, it's going to look like uh, a full week of just a lot of short game work. And guys usually don't think about that with majors. You think about, i got to drive it perfect. And I think that's where guys are going to get in trouble at San Diego. Um, The best player in the field will probably miss four fairways a day, so 16 fairways missed. You're probably going to have to lay up on up to half of those, so eight. It's going to be a golf tournament that you could have eight to nine wedges a day, uh, depending on how your lies are in the rough, where you've driven it, how far you hit it off the tee. So hmm. he's doing a lot of wedge work, a lot of chipping work, and we're going to play nine, nine and nine Monday, Tuesday and Wednesday. We won't play 18 because we want to kind of be slow nines. Uh, so we're getting a lot of work done around the greens.
2: How different, Paul, is uh, that Kakuya rough compared to uh, what you usually see um, on the course and off the off the fairways? I mean, is it a lot different hitting out of it or is it, you know, what's it like?
0: Yeah, it's it's different. I think it's the best answer. Um, It's just not like anything that we're used to seeing. Uh, It's man, it's a fantastic uh, grass to hit off of in the fairway with the ball sitting up nice and nice and tight, even in the first cut. You have to work on hovering the club. You won't see a whole lot of guys grounding the club out of the first cut. Now, the U.S. Open, to have a feeling that they're going to kind of stand that first cut straight up um, and maybe have it a hair longer so the ball will sit. I don't think they want those balls sitting way up out of the first cut. So typically here, they'll kind of top it off on Wednesday so the ball sinks. But around the greens, it's different for sure. Um, hmm. And those greens are firm, they're small, and they break a lot. So – uh, you're gonna see guys spending a lot of those practice rounds. Those 18 hole practice rounds, they're gonna be five and a half hours. So, uh, I think that's why we're doing nine, nine, and nine. Is to get used to exactly what you said, a, a type of rough, a rough that we're not used to seeing, and we'll hit a bunch of shots out of the rough too. A little chasing kind of five irons, six irons. Are wedges gonna jump? How much are they gonna jump? Kind of try to figure all that good stuff out.
2: With um, you know, you look at the Poana greens, so. You guys play a lot of Poana early on in the season. Yeah, you put your you put your head, you know, down it's just like, oh gosh, Poana. But you play a lot of those greens, you know, early in the season, West Coast. We see that in California. But now we're getting it here in June. Is does Poana change a, a decent amount between, you know, early in the year when it's cooler versus now? Is it is it more bumpy? I mean, like what what's the difference there?
0: So golly. I, I get like the heebies, as soon as you say poanna <laughs> yeah. i am a florida boy i like my bermuda yeah i've gotten a little bit used to bent but poanna i told somebody the other day i don't think any of my guys have ever had any success on poanna and they said Paula, you guys won the 2012 u.s open and that was Poana. oh, and I'm like, oh yeah. yeah oh there yeah. you go Webb probably didn't use me that week so we did all right but i typically my guys have not had a ton of success on poanna i I'm not very confident typically on them with green reading. I'm going to be using the green book uh, pretty much the whole time while we're there. The hardest thing about Poe is the change throughout the day. It won't be that different as far as from February to now. If anything, the greens will be a little faster and a little firmer, which typically the poles will start popping as the afternoon comes, and they'll be a little bumpier than they would have been maybe earlier. Now, on the flip side, the greens are going to be firmer, so less footprints, heel prints spike marks, that other kind of stuff. So while you can tap down some of them, you can't tap down the whole thing. So Anna greens, it takes a different type of mentality. I think it's going to take a lot of kind of that patience knowing uh, I hit a good putt. It didn't go in. We'll tap it in. I'm going to go. And then speed becomes even more important uh, to really hit fully committed putts because you're going to have some downhill seven footers that typically would be a ball out that you might go a cut because you don't want to have three and a half feet coming back. So there's a little bit of that kind of mental game that you'll play with it. And morning tea times, you need to be ready to go and ready to rock, especially if you're one of the first guys out and play some nice smooth greens. Uh, that'll be the best opportunity you'll have. And then if we do have a problem with darkness, you'll see guys marketing coming back the next morning for sure. <laughs>
1: It sounds, like, uh, it sounds like if, if Webb you know, gets a bad break on the greens, he's just going to let it roll off his back, and Paul's going to be over there kicking the, his yes, the golf bag forward. <laughs> I
0: mean, there's a lot of reasons why I'm a caddy and not a player, but there is definitely one of them I don't do well with bad breaks. I never have. I'm still 49 now. I still do well in my own game. When I, I can handle bad shots, just yeah. I never like bad breaks.
1: Um, all right, well, I got one more question for you, man. You know, if people don't know, uh, Paul and his, his wife, Michelle, run the Tesori Family Foundation. Mm-hmm. It's a nonprofit that does some great, great stuff um, for kids with Down syndrome. Talk to us about what's going on with the, with the Tesori Family Foundation and tell people what they need to do and where they can go. Man, thank you
0: so much for bringing that up. Uh, first of all, check us out, tesorifamilyfoundation.org. Uh, we have five different uh, programs that we're running full-time right now, and my favorite one is the All-Star Kids Clinic. Uh, we do a clinic for 25 kids with special needs. Uh, we have one-on-one instruction with PGA Tour players, caddies, and coaches, and the local first tee. Um, we were supposed to have 22 throughout the country last year. Yeah. Obviously, COVID hit. Yeah. This year, we're starting to get ramped back up again. We'll probably do a dozen uh, throughout the country this year and hopefully get back into the mid-20s next year. And um it's been really really good uh we've just been so fortunate with the support that we have we're coming up on two million dollars giving back uh we'll probably reach that later this year maybe early next year since we started it in 2009 and just so fortunate to be able to give back the game has been so incredibly good to me and obviously the special needs community with my son isaiah having down syndrome is always going to be near and dear to my heart
1: man we love it it's a it's a great organization i've seen it firsthand um and it does a lot of good work and it's run by great people paul you're getting rave reviews in our live chat we've got a youtube live chat and everybody's saying uh that that you're killing it i got you got uh spaz bite says get this guy on a tv broadcast so it sounds like you've got a couple of fans
0: Spaz, Spaz, you can be my agent
1: (laughs) hey uh thanks paul we appreciate the time and and listen uh you you and web have a, a great week get some uh, get, you know, get him rested up and uh, say your prayers before you hit the POA, buddy. Prayers uh, before I POA. I love that.
0: I definitely will. And uh, you got to have me on when we get our next W.
1: All right. We'll do, buddy. Uh, for sure. All that's right, boys. That's have a good one. A, that's a, a promise. Bye. See you, bud. Thank you, Paul. All right. Paul Tesori, uh, absolutely gem of a human being and gem of an interview. Every single time he's on, he's, he's fantastic. Uh, he's so good. All right. Pat, I think that's a fantastic breakdown on this golf course. We've been. Uh, pretty detailed on that. I, I, I love it. Let's get into the picks, man. Let's talk about the DraftKings picks for the 2021 U.S. Open. Let's start at the top. The 10K guys and 9K guys, a lot of decisions to be made. You got John Rom, who, by the way, just a couple of hours ago before recording the show, apparently got two negative uh, COVID tests in 24 hours and has been cleared. Two! Two has been cleared to go ahead and practice and play and show up on site at Tory. He's raring to go. I, I don't know, man. I got to feel like John's pretty, uh, John's probably going to come in there pretty ready to kick some ass. Yeah. He's <laughs> like, got, a, he's got a
2: little chip on his shoulder for sure. I don't, I don't yeah. think there's any question about that. He wants to come in here and, and obviously yeah. uh you talk about a history he's got a good history, here, Great but, history um, here yeah but uh so yeah i think you're right i think he's ready to go and we're getting him a little earlier than we thought i mean a lot of people thought that it was yeah. going to be wednesday or something we were going to get to see him for the first time on this course yeah um so uh for the u.s open so yeah i think it's good it's a good thing for him
1: um yeah i'm excited to see him i think he's going to have an attitude about him it's going to be extra special but you got john rom jordan spieth dustin johnson bryson brooks rory uh, JT, Morikawa, Xander, Hovland, Cantley, Patrick Reed. Now listen, here's what you got to remember every single major championship when you have such a deep field, such a strong field. You can't play them all. You can't play them all. You shouldn't play them all. Don't play them all, okay? You got to plant your flags. You got to plant your flags. If you're going to eat some chalk up here in this range, that's fine. Eat it. Don't eat it in another range. If you're not going to eat some chalk up here in this range, and maybe you can have some down, you can, you can get some chalk later down in the 7K range, 8K range. You can't play them all, though. Plant your flags here, hold your breath, and just pray the guys you faded don't win the golf tournament, okay? Uh, but, you know, if you're going to take down a big tournament, if you're going to finish in the top 1%, more than likely you're going to have to have the winner, unless what happened at the PGA happens and a guy like Phil Mickelson, who literally nobody was on, wins a thing. But there's a, a great chance that the winner is going to come out of this 9K and above range. So um, plant a flag and, and let's roll, okay? You can't play them all. now. Pat, I, we it's Saturday night, man. Saturday night, it's tough for me to commit here. Okay, I'm gonna give my my three favorite plays in this range, as of now. But a lot's gonna change. That's why the nut hut is important. That's why going to tourjunkies.com and reading our articles, our content every week is important. The fantasy golf Somalier video that drops on Tuesday night, Wednesday morning is important. But uh, we're early here, so uh, let's let's get to it. I think. I'll tell you one play that I am for sure I'm for sure on, and I don't know that much is going to change it, even if he's the most popular play in the entire field. Uh, and that is Patrick Cantlay. I've I've, I've I can't stop Pat, the Patrick yeah. Cantlay train for me. Cantlay's I'll, like a, a new love for he you. He kind I of think. is. Yeah. I, I love the value. I love the price. The I feel like I feel like Cantlay's odds of winning this golf tournament, like truly winning it. I'm not talking about what he is on the sports book, but like in my mind, the odds of him winning this golf tournament are just as good as like four or five names above him. He, c- he comes in good form, um, had a good run at the PGA could have, could have been top five easily had one, I think kind of stumbled on Sunday um, played, played well in us opens it, ball striking. One of the things I looked at was strokes gain ball striking over the last two months. If you don't know strokes gained ball striking is a combination of off the tee and approach play. Patrick Cantlay in this 9K and above range is like fourth in this field in strokes gained ball striking at 23.7 strokes gained in the last two months. He checks the box putting on POA. He can scramble like Paul just talked about. The irons are there. I love me some Patrick Cantlay. Uh, I'm excited to play him. The next place that I'm gonna go is going. And by the way, California kid, I'm about to I'm about to rattle off some California kids here. I'm going Xander. I'm going Xander now. I do think Xander could be popular. Uh, I like I like the the Tory connection. Although I will say I, I read a, a quote from Xander that he hasn't visited Tory lately because he doesn't want to see it not in U.S. Open conditions. He is there now and he's been there for the last couple of days. But prior to he's not visited Tory because he knew it would be in different in different conditions, different setup. But you know another Cali kid um, in in his U.S. Open starts he has gained. 50 strokes in four u.s open starts 50 strokes there is one no two that is good for f- fifth in this entire field in uh strokes game total but i mean when you break it down into just four starts that's good for third in this field uh in in strokes game total at u.s opens plays u.s opens fantastically. Um, and checks the box putting on poet's It's a good surface for him. Checks the box in approach. So I, I I love Xander here. And then I'm gonna go with Patrick Reed. You know, I can't, you know, I can't quit Patrick Reed. Now, I talked about I wasn't really weighing farmers insurance form, but P Reed is one of my guys anyway. Um but he's a farmer's winner. He loves Tory Pines. Going back to what Paul just said, a grinder can win in a low scoring event. You know, in two thousand and eight, the win, the Rocco and Tiger went into the playoff at one under. Give me a one under to five under tournament, and I love Patrick Reed's odds there. Bogey avoidance um, around the green, putting, the irons and, and off the tee play have been a little sus at times, as the kids say. But I believe in the in the Reed um, major magic. It's a little bit like Brooks to me. I mean, obviously Brooks closes the door more often, but it's a little bit like that for me with Patrick Reed. I just feel like he shows up at these majors ready to roll. Always uh, overlooked a little bit, and I and I save a lot of money with them. I save a lot of money with Cantlay, Xander, and Patrick Reed. So that's my; those are my three favorites as of now. Who are your three favorites?
2: Okay, well, uh, two of those were mine actually. Ooh. So I am going to have to pivot a little bit because I don't want to. I don't, don't want to just go. But I, I am. I am because my two of my GPP plays were Xander and Patrick Reed. Reed. Okay. Uh, yeah, I like Patrick Reed a lot, um, and I like Xander. I think he is going to be a little bit chalky. As a matter of fact, I think if uh, if I'm going to kind of audible here and take a play off of him and maybe a pivot, it's going to be Morikawa right there at 9,500, just above him. I like Morikawa this week. I mean, you just look at his recent form, second at the Memorial, really could have won that tournament, um, lost in the playoff to Cantlay, T14 at the Schwab, and then the top 10 at the PGA. The guy's just been fantastic. He's a great ball striker. Um, yes, the putting is always suspect for him or sus. As you said, that's a new word for me. That's what the
1: kids have been saying for a little bit. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, putting is certainly a key is, is a deal for Morikawa, but, um, whatever. I mean, we know anybody can get hot anytime. So if you want to maybe a pivot off of a chalky Xander, which I do think he's going to be chalky this week, uh, Morikawa might be the play there. And then over 10 K. I love Brooks Kepka this week at 101. Okay, yeah. now we saw Brooks just this past week at the tournament that shall not be named. No, we're not. Saying it. No.
1: Stop. <laughs> Sorry, I shouldn't kidding. Uh, I it. Said, but look, I don't want to hear it. I watch Brooks
2: personally on that Yeah, that's like a cuss word now. I it. I watch Brooks personally not only in the practice rounds but uh, in the tournament, I swear I think he was missing putts on purpose. I, I really do. I think he, he it was very obvious <laughs> that he did not want to make that cut. I almost thought it would be funny if everybody backed up on Friday and somehow he made the cut. He would be, like, safe, then he would have yeah. had to like, he would have, like, scramble around and figure out what he was going to do. He
1: probably would have just withdrew. If, like, uh, if, like, Roger Sloan was the one that did it to, like, move the cut line back. Roger goes into the locker room when it's all over. He's like the last one off the golf course. He thinks he's by himself. He's taking a shower, right? He gets, the, he gets out. He thinks he's, he's doing his thing all by his lonesome, and all of a sudden out from the corner steps Brooks. And he's like, Roger, how's it going? He's like, hey, 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 Brooks, Brooksie. How's it going? He's like, what the f- were you just doing right there when you, when you moved the cut line back, and now I'm, now I'm stuck for the weekend. What, what do you mean, man? And he just sham- shoves him up against the locker and, like, pummels him to death, and then he withdraws. <laughs> Yeah, Brooks, <laughs> I agree. Brooks did not want to play. I, we talked about it last week. I said it last week. I said Brooks does not care about the tournament that shall not be named. He, he, he said it at the PGA that looking at the Bryson, at the Bryson, at the Byron Nelson before, that he was just going to feel things out, see where he was. That's exactly what he did. I think Brooks is just fine. And in fact, a lot of agreement here so far. If I had to pick one name up there at the 10K, it's Brooks Kefka. Yeah, I love Kepka this week. I think he's a
2: great play. I don't, you know, maybe, I don't know how much the tournament that shall not be named will change his ownership. I don't think it probably will a ton, but maybe even if we get a little less ownership for Brooks. I mean, you said it's going to early on in the show, it's going to be spread out anyway up here because of,
1: uh, you know, just all the names that we have. I, but don't think I, lo- we, I don't think we are. Actually, time out real quick. I got two opportunities for people to make comments on YouTube. We need the comments. The comments help the show get pumped up in YouTube. So help us out. It's a freak show. You're watching it for free. If you like the show, then help us out. One of two comments. Comment what you think Brooks did or would have done had the cut line just moved back to get him in to play the weekend. How pissed would he have been and how would he have acted out? Put that in YouTube. I'm sure you guys have got a lot more creative ideas than I did. Number two, uh, tell us your favorite thing that Paul Tesori said. Uh, Of all the things Paul Tesori just gave us in the comments, help summarize for the people. What was your favorite thing Paul Tesori said? And remember, if you're watching live, wait till after the show's over. Um, I I don't think Brooks is going to be overlooked. I actually think he's going to be the most popular play in the 10K range. I I really do. Hmm. I think it's going to be him. I don't know about that. I think it's going to be him and Rom, honestly. Um, I, I... I think it is. I think I think everybody saw the P, the PGA Brooks coming down, you know, here he is again. Nobody thought he was going to be any good. He, he finishes runner-up, you know, could have won the thing. Phil Phil takes it. Um just misses the cut here. I, I think people are going to be on him. They save the money at 101 instead of paying up like a Jordan Spieth or, you know, a, a DJ at 107109. I think Brooks is going to be popular. I think the I, I think one of the more intriguing names here is Justin Thomas at 9700 It's an incredible price for JT. Um, and, and really, outside of just bad putting, like really bad putting, JT's checking boxes outside of that. He's an interesting play for me. He's gained a lot of strokes in his six U.S. Open tries, 31 total. The ball striking over the last two months, he's in the top five uh, in, this, in this entire field. Uh, in ball striking over the last two months with 24.8 strokes game ball striking. Checks the box around the green, checks the box on approach. You know, driver's been a little iffy as well, but like Paul said, like you can miss, you're gonna miss a few out here, right? JT is interesting to me, and I think he's gonna be overlooked. I think he's gonna be the overlooked name up here that come Wednesday night, people may be looking at going, man, I I can get a low, low on JT. That's very interesting to me.
2: You know, I actually have JT as my fade this week.
1: Oh no, no. Yeah, I think I don't I like smell his attitude a wager. right now.
2: I smell a wager. What do you mean? I his think attitude? his attitude is terrible right now about
1: his game he's and whatever else. He said nothing about it. what has he done. He's done nothing about his. Att- what have you seen that indicates he's got a bad attitude? Just like watching him on the golf course, he just doesn't seem
2: to have a good attitude. He missed the PGA the cut at the PGA Championship. He just—I don't know. I mean, he—he he won. The players, obviously, and a lot of people, you know, went all nuts about that. But outside of that, he really hadn't done all that much this year. I mean, he, he didn't follow up the win of the players with a lot of great play, you know, missed a cut at the PGA, T40 at his last two events or T42 at the Memorial. I just think uh, now a low owned JT is enticing to me. It is enticing. But I still, right now, as we look at it on a Saturday evening,
1: I don't. I don't want any part of JT. I don't. None. I mean, you're right. In terms of finish, it's not been great. Uh, finish position uh, since he won the Players, he did pretty good at the Valspar. I think he finished 13th at the Valspar. But I mean, the the putter has been god awful, like abnormally bad. He lost awful, missing
2: short putts left and right. I yeah. mean, it's just been terrible. I mean, he, actually- he did it actually at the Players. He actually
1: missed some short putts at the Players. People missed. They didn't even think about well, his him, irons. Missed- yeah, his irons were so yeah. good. I mean, at the Valspar, he finished 13th and lost six and a half strokes putting. Memorial, you know, 42nd, but he lost eight and a half strokes putting. I mean, that's terrible. Now, historically, in his PGA Tour career, he's not that bad of a putter. It does seem to have fallen off here lately. He, he gained strokes putting on Poa. Bent grass is his best surface. Poa is his next best surface, according to Fantasy National, in terms of, uh, in terms of, of putting splits. But... I don't know, man. I feel like the miscut at the PGA and then, you know, nothing but a couple top 40s after that, I feel like JT is going to come in here pretty motivated. The iron play is so strong. Um, the U.S. Open record is fantastic. JT loves playing on tough. golf His record on tough golf courses is incredible. Eighth place last year um, at the U.S. Open. I just think this is a, a, an interesting spot for him to bounce back. I think it's got a little bit of that, that, that Brooks at the PGA smell to it, right? Where everybody's kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. yeah, he's, he's out. he's Count him out. But don't forget, the dude's a killer. He's a freaking killer. And he will figure it out come major championship time. It's the same thing I thought about Patrick Cantlay at the PGA. Uh, I, I knew that he would figure it out at the PGA. I knew that he'd get it together. He'd been struggling. Yeah, I miss, just... He'd missed four straight cuts. I like JT here Pat and I think we do a wager here. I think you give me I'm, you give me an over I'm under a, finish position on JT. An over under. Why do you always see the over okay, under? Okay, what stuff? do you want? That's
2: usually that's usually the one you win. Okay, I, let's I thought do we it. we're going to go like player versus okay, player. let's do that. Like let's that. do
1: player versus player. Well, who is your fade going to be? All right, I'll tell you my fade. Uh, my fade is a shorter hitter up here in this range. And uh, Poa is his worst surface. His name is Jordan Spieth. He is my, he is my, he's my fate. He's on a down... The, the approach play, too, if you look at the rolling report on Fantasy National, he has got a downward trend since the Masters in strokes gained with his irons on approach play. Fairways gained and good drives gained are outside the top 50 in this field in the last 24 rounds. And his U.S. Open record is not bueno. Since he won in 2015, six years ago, not good for Jordan Speeth at the U.S. Open. I think at 10-9, the second highest price guy here. I would, if you're gonna pay 10-9, pay up for a pissed off, COVID mother effing John Rom. Pay up for him. No reason to play Jordan Spieth here. Things are starting to trend a little squirrely ish. I'm not saying he's gonna miss the cut or trunk slam on a Friday, but I don't like the 10-9 value for Speeth. He is my fade. I would love to give you a best friends bet, Jordan versus JT. I'd Why don't that. we just go? Yeah, let's just go straight up, Jordan versus JT. Love I it. get Jordan, you get JT. Love that bet. I am so happy that that bet worked out. I can't even tell you. Now here's, what I goes. will take Jordan, yes. I will take him over JT. This here's, sure. All right, let's do this. Let's do finish position is number one, right? But if they, if they both finish the same, okay, if they both miss the cut, it doesn't, matter, it doesn't matter if one finishes plus five and one finishes plus six. If they both miss the cut or they make the cut, but they both finish like T20, right? Then we go on DraftKings points. That's the tiebreaker. Got it? Okay. All right. That's fine. Loser, wait, wait, Let me think about that. Okay. I'll okay, go. Whatever. I'll go with that. Loser on the Open Championship show in a couple of weeks has to get some part of their body waxed live on air by their spouse like a hot wax couple strips something on your body could be now we can't get kicked off of youtube could be your back your shoulders chest your nips could be any of that i wouldn't recommend the nips but let's just say you just pick you pick a spot does
2: the loser get to choose so the loser gets to to uh pick
1: the spot Uh, or does yeah, the loser gets to pick the spot. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't want... I'm not going to let you dictate where I, get, where I get waxed. Okay, I'll pay right. the price getting waxed. Maybe that's a future... Maybe that's a bet later down the road if we want to take it up a notch. There you go. The best friend's bet, JT versus Jordan. Loser gets waxed live on the Open Championship Podcast. Can't wait. Apparently, though, people in the Nut Hut chat seem to think that I've already lost this bet. And Wes Bearden, you would be wrong. And by the way, Wes, Pat was a, a butthole to you a couple weeks ago, and you're, you're in your picking pat all right um, that's hey enough. it changes
2: week to week it's just like golf man you know <laughs> everything i love west west is such a great dude
1: <laughs> listen so many <laughs> names so many names in this 9k and 10k range tough to talk about all of them that's why you need the nut hut so hop in there and uh we'll get to them all let's get to the 8k range let's talk about the okay. 8k range um you got it you got a, a stacked 8k range as always uh let's see here starting with tony female at 8900 hideki simpson Willie Z, Scotty Scheffler, Berger, Hatton, Connors, Ooste, Rose, and Cam Smith make up the 8K range. Uh, I like a a few guys in here. My favorites right now, I have a clear favorite, a lot like the 9K and above range I had Patrick Cantlay. Uh, My clear favorite here is going to be at 8,900 Tony Finau. Incredible U.S. Open record. He's gained almost 32 strokes in five attempts at U.S. Opens over his career. Finished t eighth at the PGA. I really like that. Um, checks the box in all the main categories. puts well on POA. Uh, one of the best around the green players in this field. People don't realize how damn good Tony Finau is around the greens. He is top level around the green. Very important this week, and I love it. Checking the box and approach play obviously hits it a long way. One of the trends I said was that a, uh, seven of the ten last U.S. Open winners have been, it's been their first major. I think Tony Finau could win this golf tournament. I think he's got plenty of room and plenty of equity to win this golf tournament, and I love him at 8,900. And like Cantlay, maybe a player that regardless of chalk, I'm going to play. That's the thing about a week like this when you have such a stacked field in a major. Nobody gets like super ridiculous. Nobody's gonna be thirty percent owned in DFS, right? Like they may hit twenty-five, maybe. You know, maybe in cash contests, fee now I can see getting a thirty, maybe. You're getting a lot of savings, but in a tournament, nobody's gonna creep over twenty five for the most part. I don't I don't think. I don't think that's gonna happen. Hmm. My my next play is gonna be Willie Z. Hmm. Uh I feel like Willie Z, you know, I mean we haven't really, we haven't seen him. Uh, and we saw him once after the PGA, where, by the way, he finished eighth at the PGA. Then he came to Charles Schwab. Irons were god-awful. I mean, they were really bad. I think it was a fluke kind of a week for him. But Willie Z, sixth place last year in the U.S. Open. Um, and, you know, gaining strokes, a ton of strokes ball striking over the last couple of months. Checks a box putting on Pola. Checks a box around the green. Checks a box in approach play. Cali kid. I think this could be an interesting spot for Willie Z at 8600. I like the value there, so I'm gonna go with Willie Z. But like I said, there's a couple other names in here that I do like. Maybe you'll mention them, and I'll I'll uh, I'll double down. I'll tell you my fade. I'm gonna jump on Pat's Aussie hate train and fade my beloved Cam Smith. And I like Ooh. Cam Smith. I like him. I like him. I like him as a man. I like him as a human. Um, but he's 60th in approach play and 85th in good drives gained over the last 24 rounds according to Fantasy National. Negative 0. 0.7 in strokes gained ball striking over the last two months. Let me just tell you, I looked at strokes gained ball striking over the last two months for every player from John Rahm down to Joaquin Neiman at 7,500, and there are two players in this entire in that entire range that are negative in strokes gained ball striking over the last two months. Cam Smith is one of them. Horrible U.S. Open record other than 2015. Uh, And he's basically average. If you average him out in his five U.S. Opens, he's gained two strokes total in each of them, which is not a lot when you think about some of the names around him. And uh, if you throw out 2015, he's in the negative there too. So I'm out on Cam Smith. Not buying it. Don't want it. Ball striking is too not good. That's the AK range for me. <clears throat> wow.
2: Well, okay. Well, uh, you mentioned nobody in that uh, okay. range that I had. So this is good. Actually, you did mention somebody that I have Cam Smith. My, my fade is Tony Fee I'm done. Come on. I am done? done. I, I am done. 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 I want not another bet. Him to, win it, to win this tournament, to do anything. I don't like it. I'm not taking Fee now. I think he's going to be one of the highest known players this week. Uh, you look at his driving accuracy, he's almost 130th in the field here. I don't like that. Um, the putting, I mean, you talk about putting, yeah, maybe Poe is his best surface, but in general, he's just not a great putter. I don't like, I just don't like anything about Finau this week. I'm not, I'm not going to play him. I'm done until he just shows me
1: something. I feel like he's a trap. not going to do it. Man, Um, dude. Oh God. I, I love Finau. I can't wait for you to be so pissed off. You don't have any Finau. Okay. Well that's but fine. I have a feeling I'm gonna like your next couple of players because I do like some other names here in the AK range. But I hate okay. Fino Fate.
2: Well, I'll start at the bottom. Uh, I like Louis Usaison. I like um it. at eighty one hundred. I mean, this yeah. is a guy that always just shows up in majors. We talk about that every time, but he's playing well. You know, he's top twenty five in the field in stroke to approach, top forty in ball striking, always has been accurate off the tee. Um, you look at bogey avoidance, he's eleventh in the field there. Uh, you know, scrambling 11th in the field, putts well on Poana. He's 10th in the field as far as uh, putting on Poana his last 100 rounds. I mean, pretty much everything about, you know, about Louie points to another good week here. And you know what? I like that, uh, you know, you, you, Paul talked about these fairways running out a little bit more, you know, giving guys that aren't as necessarily as long off the tee as some of the other ones. Um, if you look at, if you just watch him drive the ball, it is beautiful. It doesn't have to be that long. It's just a beautiful, like, just flight path of the ball. Everything is just, you know, great for him. I think it's, it sets up well for him to have a good week. So I like Louie. I wonder if he's going to be a little bit higher end in this range. We'll see. But still, I, I will eat it if he is chalky. I don't think he will be. Um, at the yeah. top end, actually, before having Tassori on,
1: I like Webb. I like Webb at eighty seven hundred. I know a liar. He you like him because Paul came on and No, I had him I he had not, him anyway. He swept you off I knew your feet. he was gonna come on the show. Obviously, he I knew he was gonna come Can I talk?
2: On- Can I talk about Webb before you just chime in? <laughs> you love Okay. Paul. Look, if anything that Paul just said, like nothing puts you on Webb, actually. Like I mean, I didn't hear anything that made me think like I had to have a whole lot of
1: confidence. I he, almost like took him off oh, on my list. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that stuff. But I mean, in terms of like, but what I think takes he kind of overplayed that a little bit. We'll, we'll see. Yeah. But, in terms um, of what it takes to play well here, it fits Webb, what he, what he was talking about. But oh, yes, it, between the neck and the flu and all the, you know, the damn, you know, ingrown toenail and all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, it's a little scary, but Paul yeah, might've it's a been a little scary,
2: but I still like Webb. I'll play him all day. I mean, just solid across the board, you know, has, you know, he, he, he called him. He's not that short. I mean, he's short, but he's not that short, but he's just, just a. I mean, you look at any course where it requires a lot of accuracy off the tee, great ball striking, you know, putting well, whatever else. I mean, he's going to check all of those boxes. Um, and look, you know, it's not like, you know, after he withdrew from the Wells Fargo, he played all that bad in the, you know, in this first tournament back at the PGA made the cut and finished top 30. Okay, so I like Webb at 8,700.
1: He will be a GPP play. So there you go. Webb, Usti, Phenal is my fate. God, that Finau fate is so wretched. I just can't even tell you how bad that is. Finau is going to piss you off this week. I can't wait. Um, That's fine. I mean, we'll see. You what know happens. what? One thing your boy Webb does a lot is he puts sunscreen on his face a lot. And you always see the white, the, the residue, because he doesn't rub it in all the way. But he's just trying to look after his skin, which if you play golf in the sun, you got to do. So if you're trying to tackle that, some dry skin, maybe you got some acne scars, you got some wrinkles you want to get rid of, there is a product, right, that we recommend, and it's from our friends at Caldera Lab, and it's called The Good. It's a multifunctional face serum, and it can make your face awesome. If you just want an awesome face, free of wrinkles and dryness and all that stuff, Caldera Lab with The Good, which is an amazing name. We talked about that, I think, last time. Just a great name, okay? Um, they just they have it down. They did an eight-week clinical trial proving that the good works on all skin types. Works if you got a beard, good for you. If you got a bald head or a dry scalp, it keeps everything nice and shiny and moisturized. Ladies like that stuff. They, they want to know their man takes care of their skin because that way, you know, when you're like 60, you don't look like you're 89, you know, take, they want you to take care of your stuff, okay? Best of all, you can try it risk-free, 100% risk-free, and if you don't love it, they will refund it caldera lab will great stuff Mm. and and for the podcast listeners you can receive 20 percent off your first caldera lab purchase so whether you get the good or you don't which you should get the good whether you do or you don't go to caldera lab and use discount code tour junkies all one word tour junkies at checkout that's caldera lab.com c-a-l-d-e-r-a-l-a-b lab caldera lab.com and use discount code TOURJUNKIES at checkout. Yeah, I think, yeah, Marcus is right. But Marcus in the chat says, I'm pretty sure Pat used the good to displace DirecTV Perry as the alpha Perry. And I do believe that. Yep, yep, I just heard, uh, I just confirmed that is what happened because I did talk about Mm -hmm. that a couple weeks ago that I think there may be a new DirecTV Perry. It may have changed hands and it may be thanks to Caldera Labs. Caldera Labs, so thank you for that. Um, All right, let's get to the 7K range, Pat chalked full of goodness here at the 7k yes a lot of just goodness you know just a few highlights here paul casey abe answer who everybody's all hot and bothered for right uh sam burns phil mickelson my god at 7700 shane lowry been playing great jason Kokrak, who just won woodland neiman sergio brian harman little Cockbite, adam scott mark leishman Bubba watson west hood who just got married apparently i guess he just got married today or yesterday uh, Max Homa our 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 sweet South Korean prince Siwoo Kim Garrick Higo everybody's new favorite long hitting uh, not of barely of legal US drinking age South African Garrick Higo Matt Wolf is not here anymore he's not here i don't know what's happened to Matt Wolf can somebody check on Matt Wolf can we can we get a can we get a like like a buddy check we need a somebody. buddy check yeah we need to know if you live near Matt Wolf maybe uh, you need to look out for him uh, matt wallace streelman ortiz all these guys down here ryan palmer uh robbie mack matt jones russell henley it's a big range 7k range a lot of decisions to be made here buddy i'm gonna let you i started the first couple of ranges i forgot i did that uh, so i'm gonna let yeah, you, you start this yeah. big range um and tell me what you want to do here three three of your favorites so far and a fade so far all right, well, I'll start with I know what's going to be chalk, but I do not care because
2: I love some Paul Casey this week. Oh, 7, yes. I mean, I, the, the price is yeah. just so
1: good. It's I'm not going to stop playing up. Paul Casey ever. I don't I know when. I not either. I, I don't know when I'll stop playing Paul Casey.
2: It's not going to be this week for me. It may not be ever. I mean, yeah. I mean, you look at it. I mean, look, he's second in the field in strokes gained approach, fourth in ball striking. I mean... Top twenty in scrambling. Paul Tissory mentioned scrambling being a, you know something you're going to look at this week. Uh, you know, off the tee, just fine. Top fifty in the field strokes gained off the tee. Form is great with a top five finish in his uh, you know his most uh, recent tournament, which was the PGA Championship. T four there has is having a very solid season. Um, you know, almost won the PGA Championship last year out on the West Coast, by the way. So, I think Paul Casey is a great play. If he's chalky, so what? You still play him. Uh, he's going to offer you a ton of value here at 7,900. So, I like him. And then, Jason Kokrak at 7,600. Uh, I yeah. just can't... Like, if yeah. I don't play Jason Kokrak, like, I didn't play him, and I think I faded him the week he freaking won. You know? Yeah, I got it, Charles too. <laughs> Schwab. I faded him. And I'm um, like a dumbass. And... He wins. And look, the guy's just playing fantastic this year. He's got two wins when you count the full season. He's the only one outside of Bryson DeChambeau, by the way, that has two wins. You know, he goes all this time on tour without winning, and then he wins two times in the same season. You know, yeah. Always tends to play pretty well on the West Coast. You know, look at all the stats for him. Top 20 in approach play. Top 10 in ball striking. Obviously, we know he's got plenty of distance off the tee. Top 10 in bogey avoidance, by the way. Top 10 in strokes gained off the tee. Putting on Poana is suspect for him, but it is for everybody, I feel like. I don't know. But Jason Kokrak, 7,600. I like him a lot this week. And then I'm going to drop down, and I've got a few names that I could give you, um, and I'm sure I'll I'll leave a few for you. But I'm going to go with Charlie Hoffman at 7,200. Our boy, Charlie Hoffman. Where the hell is Charlie Hoffman? He's at the U.S. Open, where he wanted to be, which is why he didn't finish so great at the Memorial, because he just wanted to make the cut, make sure he finished in the top 60. He lo- he's, t- he's on record. as talking about how much he loves Torrey Pines. He really wanted to get in this U.S. Open. He's played this course a ton growing up. So this is a great spot for him. And, you know, we know he's been playing fantastic. You look at the stats, fourth in approach, second in ball, ball striking. Top 20 off the tee. Top 20 in bogey avoidance. Hoffman checks a ton of boxes. He'll certainly be high-owned, but, you know, it's spread out. Like you said, I think he's probably going to be in that 10% range. I'll be fine with that. Maybe he's a little higher. I don't know. But still, love some Charlie Hoffman this week. And then my fate is going to be, this is another guy like Finau that I'm now done with. I don't know. He's not like Finau, because they're kind of like different players and they're from different countries. And actually, there's no similarities between this guy and, and Tony Finau. <laughs> okay. But I feel like his run is over of me like wanting to talk about him and pick him and play him and whatever else. And that is Matthew Fitzpatrick.
1: Not oh, gonna you, I'm, come on. I'm done with Fitzy. Why are you done, done with Fitzy? He's like I'm one done of the with only them. players we mentioned last week that actually made the cut at the tournament that shall not be ever care named again. again.
2: I don't care. His what? approach play has been horrendous lately. He's 116th in the field. He is, he's accurate off the tee. A lot of things, a lot of things make sense with him, but his approach play has been terrible the last few weeks. And I think that's going to be important this week. I don't want to, I'm not playing Matthew. I'm done with
1: Fitzy. Done with him. Okay. Well, uh, for the sake of, Given the people talking about some different names, it is Saturday night. Things are going to change. But for the sake of talking about some different names, I'm going to mention some different names. But I do love your Casey play. I'm not going to quit him. I love your Kokrak play. The- I love those two the most. The Hoffman play, you're right. He, he-, he is on record talking about how much he loves Tori, how much he's wanted to be here. I-, I do like that a little bit about Hoffman. He's, he's checking a lot of boxes. I'm there. Uh, I think your Fitzy fate is ridiculous. But I'm going to give you three names that I like here. Uh, the first is Shane Lowry. I mean, what are we doing? Like, Shane Lowry's yeah. freaking killing it. Fourth at the PGA, sixth at the Memorial. Has a great record on tough golf courses. He's checking every single box. All the stats that I mentioned, he's actually, he's actually top 10 in bogey avoidance, strokes gained around the green, 13th in approach, 16th in good drives gained. Like, I mean, Lowry's crushing it. Irons are fantastic. Around the green game is one of the top on in this entire field. Love Shane Lowry, okay? The next one. Oh, I don't know if I should say that one next. All right, yeah, uh, I'm going to go 7,300. I'm going to go Max Homa. I I wanted Max Homa a little bit uh, at the PGA. I don't think I mentioned him, but I kind of wanted him. He missed the cut. Finished T6 at the Memorial. I really like that he did that. I really, really like that he did that. California guy. Comfortable here at Torrey Pines. Uh, Iron play has actually still been pretty solid, okay? Okay. The, the around the green play, trending, trending nicely. When, when you look at what he did at Memorial, that's been good for him. He putts really well on POA. I like that for Max Homa. And I think he's got win equity. I, re, I actually think he could win the U.S. Open. I think he'd be a first-time major winner, like seven of the last 10 have been, and win the U.S. Open. He's got a win here at California in a tough field this year. I think he could make it happen. So I think Homa's definitely worth a shot. My next play... Si Woo, shaking that ass, shaking that ass, shaking that ass. It is our sweet South Korean prince, Siwoo Kim, baby. That's right. Siwoo Kim, it is Siwoo season. It's a major, you know, you gotta play Si Woo Kim. You gotta order a shirt. If he wins, I got I would imagine we'd have to order maybe we'd have to reorder some more shirts if he wins. And I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pray he wins. But it's a major, He just he's coming off a T9 at the Memorial, which I did not think he was going to do that well at the Memorial, but he did. I didn't think he was going to care. But he checks the boxes. Driving, he's got plenty of distance. He hits in the fairway, pretty decent. Good drives, gain, checks the box there. Around the green, checks the box there. Um, iron play, trending very nicely. In fact, in the last eight rounds, in the last four rounds, much better than if you look out a little bit longer term. So the irons are playing really well there. He's a great scrambler. Um, and he's not terrible putting on Poana either. So, Siwoo Kim for me. My fade is Sergio Garcia. Worst putting surface is Poa by a long shot. And let me just tell you can you imagine him putting worse? Yeah, he's terrible. Puts yeah, with his eyes a- closed. He's terrible. is worse. I feel, like he, I feel like he's kind of in the Paul Tasori range on his opinions on Poa based on his career. His form sucks, he sucks around the greens. His last three U.S. opens, a miscut, a 52nd, and a miscut. He missed the cut at the Kiowa, And his major record in general just sucks since he won the Masters. Some out on Sergio Garcia. That's the 7K okay. range. Uh man, I am uh, I'm I'm getting I'm getting worn out. Don't forget to comment on the YouTube video uh your favorite part, your favorite thing Paul Tessori said, and um uh, I can't remember what the other thing was I told people to comment on. What was the other thing I told Uh favorite Paul Tessori. Thing and something else. Anyway, comment because it helps us out. Appreciate it. All right, let's get to the 6K range because I think Pat's internet is failing him. he keeps freezing like a mug on YouTube. So we got to hurry up. I got I got four names I'll throw out real quick in the 6K range. You ready? Pay attention. This is going to be fast. Oh, let me see the prices real quick. All right. Um, The first one, 6,800 bucks. Burned Weissberger. Feel the burn. He's made, yeah, he's made three guys scared the hell out of me. That actually scared me. He's made three straight U.S. Open cuts. He just won like two weeks ago on the European tour and he's so three straight U.S. Open cuts. He's got a decent record in major championships. When you look at old burn, like no, like super great finishes, but a pretty good overall record in majors for a guy who plays primarily on the, on the European tour. And you think like, oh, he's just over there beating up on the Euro guys, but he comes over here in tough fields and he does well. So, never missed a cut in the U.S. Open. He's never missed a cut in the Masters. I'm sorry, he's made, his th- made three straight U.S. Open cuts. He's never missed a cut at the Masters. And just one on the European Tour, he's $6,800. Like, I mean, that's, I think that's, that's strong to quite strong. I got two guys in the $6,700 range. The first one is Wyndham Clark. The long-hitting, sweet-putting, stroking, PXG motherfucking Wyndham Clark, he's a West Coast boy, putts best on Poet. That's his best putting surface by far. Short game is solid. Hits it a freaking mile. Uh, ninth around the green last 24 rounds and uh, 28th in bogey avoidance. I'm kind of sitting here looking at Wyndham Clark wondering like, why is not he played better? He hits it a mile. Around the green, he's top 10 in the field, in this field, which is tough to do. He's 28th in bogey avoidance. His irons are just that bad. But if he can just figure out his irons on Torrey Pines, like, he's a, he's a killer. He's a killer. The next one at 6,700 is Bo Ho, Just coming off a of T3- T- T13 at the Memorial. Top 20 in bogey avoidance and good drives gained over the last 24 rounds, according to Fantasy National. And trending in the right direction in terms of stroke gained approach and strokes gained around the green when you look over the last eight rounds, four rounds, compared to uh, longer-term stuff and Poa is his best putting surface. So Bo Hogue at 6,700 is someone that I'm kind of looking at. And the final pick for me at $6,500, you know it's hard for me to avoid a little Brendan Steele. I love some Brendan Steele. T-37 at Memorial, okay. Poa is his best putting surface. He hits it a long way, scores on par 5s. He's a California guy. Approach play is trending. And he's made three of four U.S. Open cuts, gaining 13.8 strokes gain total in those U.S. Opens. I think Brandon Steele is a very interesting play. And he's a multiple PJ Tour winner. So, you know, he can close the door if he gets there on Sunday. Okay.
2: All right. Well, I actually had Bo Hogue, so I will scratch him off and uh, give that one to you. Starting at 6,900, though, K.H. Lee. Ooh. playing extremely well this year had a win a few weeks ago then he missed the cut after that I don't I don't I don't care about that um you know came back T65 at the memorial made the cut whatever look the guy's just been extremely uh solid all year long is obviously confident right now uh you know you look at the stats for him i mean none of these guys are going to be checking a ton of boxes across the board, but really, I mean, there's nothing really, I mean, he's in the top really 50 in the field and approach driving accuracy. You look at bogey avoidance. You look at scrambling, all of those things. KH Lee's doing well on doesn't pay put great on Poiana greens, whatever. I mean, nobody really seems to be that consistent on Poiana greens. Anyway. Um, also it's 6,800. Now, I really just want to play this guy because I like his name. Hmm. Guido yeah. Migliazzi. Migliazzi, Guido Migliazzi. He's finished second place in his last two events on the European Tour at the British Masters and then something called the Maid in Himmerlin, <laughs> which is awesome. Uh, he was second place there. So obviously he's in good form coming <laughs> into the tournament called. this week. Uh, and um, anyway, so whatever there. I'm going to give you a two two... Corn fairy guys playing in this event oh, wow. that are playing well. Grayson Sig is at sixty six hundred. Now he's a local boy. We got a little bit of soft spot for him. He's from Augusta, but he is top five this season. He's won once. He's also um had some, you know, great finishes. He's top five in greens and regulation, top ten in ball striking. Um, has some tour experience. He's played in, you know, tournaments like the the RSM and things like that. Um, so anyway, um, I like Sig, and then Taylor Pendrith is another guy Ooh. who has, has, I think is a, a solid player. Look, very long off the tees, top long, five in the long. field, or top oh. five in driving distance on the Corn Fairy Tour. He's top 25 also, though, in greens and regulation and ball strike. So I think Taylor Pendrith is somebody that could kind of sneak up, cheap guy, Corn Fairy guy, been grinding it out uh, all season long there. So there you go, a few Corn Fairy guys that are in this field that could have some uh, good weeks.
1: Love it. Good stuff, Pat. Uh, listen, we got to get to the betting show because i got some names that I haven't quite mentioned. We've got a new format to the betting show. We've got a new segment at the end of the betting show. If you're missing the betting show, you're missing out. So we're going to go do that. We're going to record that live. I've got some work to do on my Casamigos bottle. Uh, it's going to be a great night. I'm looking forward to it. Let's, uh, let's do it, man. May everybody's screens be green for the 2021 U.S. Open from Tory Pines. See ya!